0: Everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Renovate with Ramos. On today's show, James will discuss the difference between architecture and interior design with our guest, Jonathan Moore from Envision Advisors. Enjoy. Hi, my name is James Ramos with Ramos Companies. I'm a general contractor here in Tampa. I started this show, Renovate with Ramos. I got a great friend and colleague, Jonathan Moore. Jonathan is an owner's rep. The name of his company is Envision Advisors. He's by trade and architect, so pretty knowledgeable uh, owner's rep. So we wanted to talk today about owner's representation. A lot of folks don't really understand the role. It came down from more of the commercial design and build world, and it's coming down to um, even small projects, people call you, Jonathan. So thank you for coming. Tell us a little bit thank about you. this uh, world of owner's representation.
1: Sure. James, it's good to be here. Thanks. Always nice to see you. Um yeah, what, what you said is true. We, we, the bulk of our work has been historically commercial. We have uh, much more in recent times started to get involved with the residential, certainly luxury, but, but smaller projects as well. Uh, the base of our service is, is working on projects that owners don't have the time or knowledge to manage. Uh, we manage them from a strategic point of view. Uh, I'm a licensed architect, uh, I don't practice all we do is look out for our owners. Um, we educate our owners to the projects, uh, come up with kind of concept budgets, and point out the the complications that that we see ahead. Um, so we are we are forecasting for them um, and and really helping through the the complexities that are associated with the uh, renovation and new build process. We are, while we may be the face of the project to the design and construction team, we don't make decisions for our owners. Right. Um, we we facilitate what needs to be decided for our owners and give that to them in, in digestible pieces. Do most of your clients know
0: what architect they're going to use or builder or they, they're coming they to you first?
1: You know, we we have a great database of uh, architects, interior designers, uh, other consultants mm-hmm. that we utilize Uh and and they're dependent on the job size, uh, their their level of busyness. Right, we, That's we know important. this market very well. Uh, right now, I would tell you I know who to call and who not to call right. um, for a design. So we we bring that resource to them, uh, and and I think we bring an efficiency that uh, the savings in time and money far outweigh the cost of us, which is typically one to two percent
0: of the budget. Right. Is that what you would say your fees are yeah. around? Yeah, we,
1: we work on a monthly retainer. Uh, so take that one to 2% divided by, you know, the duration of the right. project. And at that point, it's kind of all you can eat. I'm in every meeting, every phone call, every email, um, managing the project on
0: our owner's behalf. Yeah. And the one thing you said is super important because um, it's about availability. So, you know, there's a lot of folks who are like, hey, my friend, used such and such and I'm going to go use him and call him. And then they end up talking to the architect or any type of design. It could be an interior designer. It could be a builder directly. You know, they're busy. They could be off doing another project or a big project and their time availability is not there. Um, so it's really, has got a guy, right? Yeah. Everybody's got a guy. Um, (laughs) you know, we, we
1: don't get trips to Tahiti from our, our friendly contractors or architects. We're giving them jobs. They do a good job for us, and they're asked back to the table right. to, to bid on future projects. Um, we, we track those projects. You know What we do is manage data. So uh, an architect does a great job for us. They're going to come back. They don't. Well, we just know who not to call anymore. Right. And, and we pass that on to our owners. Uh, we know the best consultants for the job uh, to meet whatever
0: constraints that they might have. So how can people find owner's reps? Let's say outside of Tampa, I know everybody should call you here. That's right. But how Absolutely. do you, I mean, is, is there an association or is Th- this? There's
1: not. And interestingly enough, I'm I'm part of a small group of owners reps across the country that are looking to create right. uh, a more formal industry. In, in my world, there are, you know, contractor superintendents who couldn't make it as superintendents. So they decided to call themselves an owner's rep, right. uh, managing projects out of their, you know, pickup truck. Um, I have a staff. Uh, we have processes. I have an office. Uh, we have insurance. We are a you know a company that only provides this service. So where where I might need hundred dollars to to do a project, that you know superintendent who couldn't make it is charging twenty five dollars. Right. It's very hard to distinguish. I would say you can Google owner's representative and and learn more about the the different approaches that people have towards project. My experience is you're one of two types of owners reps. You're a bull in the china shop
0: mm-hmm. that
1: you scream until people people do what you say. Um, and then there's the team builder. Uh, both of them work. Um, we are we are more the team builder. Uh, we want to be fair to our contractors and designers. Uh, we think by making sure that the 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 uh, consultants are protected, making a you know fair wage. That the project has a much greater chance of success, meeting budget and schedule. Um, the bull in the china shop gets stuff done. Um, you know, it, it's sort of the bully approach. And and again, I use that term nicely, if that's possible. Um, that that you can muscle your way through a project. It it is done much more on the commercial side mm-hmm. than residential. Um, you know, residential has a bit of a softer touch to it. You're, you're right. There's, there are more emotions involved with, with residential.
0: You're putting your head, your kid's head on a pillow. So it's a little bit different Um, than commercial. So
1: I would say, do your research on the internet. Um, lots of different approaches. Um, but you'll see that one to 2% is
0: sort of, if there is an industry an industry standard. So you had mentioned in the past that owner's representation is like a three-legged stool. Can you talk about that?
1: So the the, the process of uh, construction is a three-legged stool and requires uh, input from everyone. The three legs are the owner, owner's rep, um, and the architect and the contractor. Those are the three legs. And the stool won't stand up if you take one of those out. Um, so starting with all three from the beginning, and we will teach our owners how they can ensure that they're gonna get the lowest possible price by selecting a contractor early, Mm -hmm. as opposed to getting to the end of drawings and then bidding it and the lowest person wins. Um, Nobody wins in in that situation because there are holes in the drawings, no perfect drawings, and the owner pays for it in the end. So we really need the three legs on the stool and, and everyone needs to pull their weight. Owners need to make decisions promptly. Uh, they need to pay promptly. They need to, um, you know, answer questions and know what they want. Uh, and they need a professional that can help guide them through the decision-making process uh, efficiently. If it's not efficient, it's just going to cost
0: everybody money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the pitfalls that I've seen, and this is to the listeners out there and watchers, because we're on YouTube as well, but Um, one of the things that I've seen is, and it's your responsibility as an owner to not push the design professional to do things outside of their bandwidth. And what I mean by that is, is I've seen it time and time again. Client has a great interior designer, tremendous success, getting the designs and the things needed, which is what they do. Okay. And then now it's time for execution they can't find the person that's the go-to person, right? So they ask that designer, "Hey, do you mind if you can project manage this for me?" So while they can do it, it's just something that that owner almost pushed the client, and the you know the the, the owner pushed the design professional, and that's not their you know that's not really their cup of tea. So it's of the responsibility of the owner to make sure that you know, those three legs are there, Mm -hmm. you know, and to not push that one professional into doing things that they're not used to. So it's important to ask, you know, tell me about past projects similar to mine. How do you go through, you know, a good, a good win, you know, what's the equation of a win rather than just pushing that professional, you know, to do extra things. A
1: good success secret that we share amongst our team is everyone needs to stay in their lane. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're right, sometimes that, that, design professional who's who's running point or in front of the owner the most might be asked to do things that they normally wouldn't. And of course those design professionals might be blinded by a fee and hey, this means more money. So sure, yeah, I can do that. No problem. But you're right, as an owner you want to do your research and make sure that this is not the first time they have ventured down that road. And if there is a change of lanes by one of your design professionals that that uh it's a change
0: that they're able to do. Great, great. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it. You heard it here from Jonathan Moore with Envision Advisors out of Tampa, Florida. My name is James Ramos. I'm with Ramos Companies. Appreciate you guys watching. Give us a thumbs up and we'll see you next time.